Most men of a certain age can tell you exactly where their prostate gland is. Their doctor, I am sure, has pointed it out to them, literally, on more than one occasion. I am veterinarian Dr. Brian Greger, and you are listening to the Vet Podcast. I have a couple of really exciting podcast episodes on the go at the moment, or at least I think they are, but they are not quite finished, so in the meantime, I have gone back into the old Vet Podcast archives and have dusted off a podcast that takes us back to the roots of the Vet Podcast when it was primarily an information resource for my clients. I've done a bit of editing, which I hope isn't too obvious to bring it up to date, so have a listen to an overview of prostatic problems in dogs. Are you a veterinarian dreaming about working down under in New Zealand? If so, I'd love to help you make that dream come true. Hi, I'm Julie South of Vetstaff. Vetstaff is New Zealand's only recruitment agency specialising in the Kiwi veterinary sector. We can help you find your dream job down under, from short-term locum assignments through to permanent employment and residency. Because we know God's own Aotearoa New Zealand like the back of our hands, we can match your career aspirations with a clinic that'll suit you best. Whether you're planning to work here for a few months or forever, if it's got anything to do with working in a vet clinic in New Zealand, we can help. Vetstaff.co.nz You are listening to The Vet Podcast, presented by veterinarian Dr. Brian Greger from New Zealand. Join us as we discuss pet health issues from around the world. To the uninitiated, the prostate gland is referred to as a male accessory sex gland. This is one of these things that we blokes have, and I'm afraid you girls don't have. It sits just below the bladder, surrounding the urethra. And its job is, to a certain extent, to control the urine flow. But mainly it produces proteins and hormones that mix with the sperm. Mainly working as a protective media for the sperm. Anatomically, the prostate gland sits just at the front edge of the pelvis. But more importantly, it is sitting just underneath the colon. This is going to be quite important for some of the discussions that we will have later on. So what conditions of the prostate are we talking about here? There are probably three main conditions that we see, one of them a lot more common than the others. The first one that we'll briefly talk about is a prostatic abscess. Prostatic abscesses are, as the name suggests, it's an abscess sitting in the prostate gland. Very, very painful. The prostate gets quite swollen. The dog gets quite sick sometimes because of the the toxicity of the abscess and the prostate pushes up on the colon. This is where you get one of these typical prostatic symptoms, which is straining to go to the toilet, like straining to defecate or constipation, with pain when the dog is passing emotion. These dogs really resent having their prostate tapped rectally. So we diagnose this by x-ray scanning clinical signs. Treatment for this is normally surgical, What is normally done, now please, if you are having trouble with prostatic abscess with your dog, 
ask your veterinarian, please don't take this as being a how do I program. This is just giving an idea of the kind of things that can be done. One of the main treatments is called marsupialization. Marsupialization is when the abscesses open abdominally and it's actually the abscess is sutured to the outside of the skin so that the pus and rubbish will drain out of it. Sometimes it is possible just to place a physical drain in there as well. So that is prostatic abscesses. The next one is a prostatic tumour. Prostatic tumours are the big nasty in humans. We don't see them that often in dogs, but maybe what I might do is just run you through a case that I saw a few years ago. The dog was straining to go to the toilet. Now you'll notice that this is a common thread coming through, straining to defecate. So palpated the prostate per rectum like that's a finger up the the anus this dog really resented that it was very very sore we had a big the technical term is non-symmetrical like the prostate gland is normally it's a mirror image on both sides normally now it was a lot bigger and a lot knobblier on one side than the other We'll talk about the prostatic hyperplasia soon, but that is not a sign normally of prostatic hyperplasia. So right from there, we had an assumptive diagnosis that we had either a prostatic abscess or a prostatic tumour. So the next step from there to diagnose this is we actually anaesthetised the dog, put the ultrasound over the dog, and yes, there was an irregular mass sitting at the area of the prostate. So the next diagnostic step that we did was what's called a fine needle aspirate. We placed a needle into the prostate gland, drew out some of the cells, sent them off to the laboratory, and the laboratory came back and confirmed the diagnosis as being a prostatic tumour. Now, there's... A couple of things that can be done with these prostatic tumours. Again, I'll say I'm not putting myself up as an expert on the way that you should treat these. If you have got a dog with a prostatic tumour, please talk to your veterinarian about the best way to treat it. But the kind of treatments that we're looking at are things like surgical removal of the prostate gland. Now, there's quite a lot of plumbing goes through the prostate gland. It is potentially possible to cause major problems as far as incontinence. Because remember, the urethra, which carries the urine from the bladder, actually passes through this organ. So it's possible to remove the prostate gland. The other two modalities of treatment are radiation therapy, which from what I understand is probably the flavour of the month at the moment, although in saying that there is risk involved with blasting radiation through this particular area because there are a lot of very fragile organs in there and fragile ducts and the urethra and goodness knows what else and the other one in combination or not with these other modalities is chemotherapy. Unfortunately, the owner opted for just basically keeping the dog happy. We put the dog on on some fairly strong pain relief. We got another couple of weeks of fairly enjoyable life out of this dog. It was actually a little foxy living on a farm. It had a little bit of fun. And um, then unfortunately, we put the wee guy down. So they are the two least common conditions that we see, prostatic tumours and prostatic abscesses. Now, by far the most common condition that we see is a condition called prostatic hyperplasia. So the full name for this actually is benign prostatic hyperplasia. Now, this tells us a lot about what's going on in this condition. Benign simply means that this is not cancerous. Prostatic obviously relates to the prostate gland. Hyperplasia just means an increase in cell numbers. 
the prostate gland hormonally is under the control of testosterone, which is the, the male primary sex hormone which is produced by the testes. The prostate gland does continue growing through life. Same, same with humans. Humans and dogs are the same. It grows mostly in the early part of life, but it will slowly increase in size. With prostatic hyperplasia, this prostate gland gets a lot larger than it should be. So we're looking at the common symptoms of this condition are the dog straining to defecate. There may well be a little bit of blood coming out with the feces. The big one is constipated. The dog may well be constipated. If you remember what I said back when we were talking about the anatomy of the prostate gland, it is actually sitting just in front of the pelvis and it's sitting directly underneath the colon. So you can imagine as the prostate gland increases in size, it's actually going to push up onto the colon and hence you've got this physical obstruction to the stools coming out. The good thing about this particular condition is that because the prostate gland is under control of testosterone, we can easily remove the testosterone. We do that simply by neutering or castrating the dog. Remove the dog's testes. It takes a few weeks for the prostate gland to shrink back down to normal. So obviously if we have got a constipated dog, we will clear the constipation up at the same time. We won't just leave the constipation there. But by castrating this dog, it will actually shrink the prostate gland back down to normal again and the problem solved. The dog should not have this problem ever again. There are some times when surgical castration is not really an option. I'm thinking in particular of these old male dogs which are presented with prostatic hyperplasia, but they've also got another comorbidity, something like heart disease or perhaps kidney disease, and we don't really want to be getting anaesthetic too close to these animals, which obviously we would need to surgically castrate them. So there are several chemical options that we can use. We won't go into trade names because we're going to cross all sorts of borders by doing that. But there is, a, it's almost like a, a microchip pellet. It's a long-acting anti-testosterone pellet which is injected under the skin of a male dog. This will block the testosterone for six months. This is enough time, well and truly enough time, for the prostate gland to shrink back down to normal again. And it will certainly give relief to this dog. Now, this isn't the treatment that we would normally recommend, but there are, are some circumstances when it is probably the right thing to do. Another case that comes to mind are some of these stud dogs. Now, this injection will make the dog infertile, but what happens is that it is infertile for six months because it's not producing the testosterone. In that time, the prostate gland will shrink back down to normal again. If the owner is really keen to get a mating out of this dog, potentially after the six months when the, the, the little depot pellet has stopped working, the dog's testosterone will come back. Yes, the prostate gland may well increase in size again, but there may be just a window in there when they can look at another mating. And another non-surgical treatment for benign prostatic hyperplasia is actually a well-known anti-baldness or anti-alopecia drug which is used in humans. Again, as I said earlier, talk to your vet. 
Now, the only other symptom that we do see occasionally with these prostatic dogs, or probably there's a couple of them, one of them may well be a thing called a perineal hernia. Now, it's not that common, but potentially it can be stimulated by the dog straining all the time, again, because of the enlarged prostate gland. So that's something that we'll have a look at that may well be a topic for another podcast in future. Also because the prostate gland sits around the urethra, which if you can go back to your school anatomy, this is the, this is the pipe that goes from the bladder out to the end of the penis, basically what, what the dog is urinating out of. Potentially there can be a bit of a bit of pressure put down on that too. So another one of the symptoms that we do see from prostatic hyperplasia every now and then is actually difficulty in urinating. Again, if this dog has the testosterone removed from the system things will come right so on the whole prostatic disease isn't a major major life-threatening problem yes we do have prostatic tumors yes we do have prostatic abscesses but probably nine out of ten at least of the prostatic problems that we see through our practice are this condition referred to as benign prostatic hyperplasia so just to recap again the diagnosis is simple give it a tap with your finger this is where i was talking about earlier the prostate gland when we're palpating it is fairly symmetrical it feels enlarged yes but it doesn't feel really badly knobbly or anything like that the diagnosis is also i should have mentioned it earlier actually often confirmed by ultrasound but to be fair the good old finger test is probably as accurate as anything now this also begs the question about preventing this condition occurring and this goes back to one of the hobby horses that veterinarians have had for years desexing dogs if a dog is castrated this will not stop the prostatic tumors or the prostatic abscesses, as was shown by this, this little foxy that I actually dealt with earlier, which was a castrated dog, but it still had the prostatic tumour. So castration won't affect particularly the incidence of prostatic abscesses or tumours, but definitely it will stop the benign prostatic hyperplasia condition occurring. So we've got a good reason there, get your dog castrated. So just to wrap up here, please don't take this podcast as a how to diagnose prostatic problems in your dog podcast. It's really just giving you an idea of the kind of conditions and probably the relative frequency of the conditions that can afflict your dog's prostate gland. If you see any of the clinical signs that we've been talking about, straining in your dog when he's defecating, blood in the feces, difficulty in urinating, please contact your veterinarian. Mostly it's going to be this benign prostatic hyperplasia and it should be able to be dealt with fairly simply. But if we are looking at one of the other nasties, the prostatic abscesses or the prostatic tumours, it is going to need immediate veterinary attention. And that's it for another episode of the Vet Podcast. All of our links are in one place at beacons.ai slash vetpodcast. That is B-E-A-C-O-N-S dot A-I slash vetpodcast. And while you're there, don't forget to buy us a coffee. On behalf of me, Brian Greger, and everybody else involved in the making of this podcast, thanks for listening and we'll catch you again soon. Music